Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to, and I am over the moon about that. We continue to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, Uh, and um, that is really because of the guests who join me to share their expertise so that all of you can take nuggets of uh, what they have to share and use it in your businesses. Today is no different. Today, my guest is Justin Hartzman, a serial entrepreneur. Justin understands what it takes to guide a startup from concept to funding to a multi-million dollar exit. As co-founder and CEO of the first ever robo-agency, Needles, Justin has identified and filled a desperate need to the underserved small business community, lending to the entrepreneurial mindset and quick thinking that has positioned him as a leader in his space. With multiple exits under his belt, he has built Needles into a scalable business from the ground up, securing millions in funding and expertly planning an exit strategy for the future. Thanks so much for joining me today, Justin. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, It's a great introduction, but really I'm just a regular guy trying to be useful and helping uh, small businesses and business professionals and salespeople alike, just like the people who are served by your podcast. You know, it's been a really interesting uh, story got me to where I am but I'm always about trying to serve that community which I find is quite an underserved community out there everyone wants to go to enterprise or to the largest sales but no one wants to help 
us, the little guy. And I was that little guy and I continue to be as we grow these businesses. Uh, and I know what I need and I know what isn't out there. And I keep trying to bring that to the community around us. So good pairing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. I uh, hope we have a good in uh, interview today and I can be useful and give some tidbits of information for people to take away. Well, I, I am sure that you can. Um, the subject that we're talking about today is failure, which I think is such a great topic uh, because I think it has so many emotions attached to it and so many connotations. But, you know, we're going to be talking about how failure can actually fuel success. So, you know, real, really putting it where it really belongs. So to start there, uh, start with, you know, with this topic, I would, would like you, if you would, um, share with the listeners a time when, you know, you had fear or even failure and what you did to overcome that and, and really go ahead and be successful. Cool. Let me just break that apart. Cause I think there's two things there. We're talking about fear. We're talking about failure. Uh, yeah. For me, fear just fuels my drive to want to do something. Uh, you know, a wise, a wise man once said, uh, the best things in life come on the opposite side of fear. So always take that step to the other side. That was Will Smith, by the way. Uh, but I think it's a very good quote to understand. And for me, I always like to take that next step because fear is only limiting within yourself. And if you can take that away and go, well, what's the worst that can happen here? I think great things happen. And most people have, you know, had fear to get started. That's one. I'm talking about failure. I think there's a couple of different levels at which we can speak about that because there's the day-to-day -day, quote unquote failures that you might have, or essentially the ebbs and flows that happen in any life cycle of a business or an entrepreneur. And there's the big things that you just didn't see coming. So I definitely have had uh, my fair share of both. I think I'll tell you a little bit story of one of my major failures and then a couple of things that happen daily that you can see and how we, how I deal with them and how I think other people can deal with them. So, um, after selling two companies within a single year, 2004 or five, um, we got into two new businesses after that. When we sold ours, we knew how to build websites, how to market them. So we opened a company called All You Can Eat Internet. All You Can Eat Internet was an internet broker, sorry, internet consulting firm where we did everything for you online related. We also opened a company at that time called WeSellYourSite.com because there wasn't, and again, always trying to fill the gaps in the markets or the needs, um, a company called WeSellYourSite.com. And in 2004 or five, you, you know, using the name of exactly what you did in your URL was the way to go. It wasn't about branding like it is today. Um, and that's because there was no one to sell my businesses. So we had to become that brokerage and really pioneer that. So anything that was between a million dollars a year in EBITDA and $50 million in EBITDA, we sell the fortune companies, private equity firms, entrepreneurs looking to build their portfolios, or just people who wanted to move away from traditional investment types, like real estate, when the real estate market was bad, and move to online. So that was great. They were going very well. Uh, and to this day, they, they have, they're still continuing to go well. I don't run all you can eat internet anymore. We passed that along. And actually, just as of a couple of weeks ago, I sold WeSellYourSite.com, which is our third exit, which is a lot of fun. But while we were running those businesses we, and selling other people's uh, properties out there, we're going, wow, this is really cool. Look, you know, these sites are selling for a billion dollars and they're growing their teams and cultures. 
and we wanted to get into that startup world. But if you get in and there's no support for you where you're located or you don't know what you're doing, you think you know because you've had some mild success before, that's not always the best way to go in. So educating yourself is obviously key. And what we decided was to open a website called TicketFlow.com. And TicketFlow is essentially your kayak.com, but for secondary tickets in the concert and sports arena. So what we want to do is a one-stop shop, much like you have SeatGeek now. We kind of started at the same time, and they succeeded, and we did not, uh, hence the story here, um, where we would aggregate all the information from all the different individual ticket sites out there and bring into a single source so you could find the cheapest plays or the place that had the, or the best tickets in general. But at that time, this was, you know, we're, I think we we're in 2007, 2008 at this point, um, it took a lot of education to come out of the gate to tell people there was something else besides Ticketmaster or at that time eBay tickets. And to educate a market is very, very expensive, like very expensive. So think about that. If you're trying to get into something that's brand new and it's completely different and it's not understood, it takes time, effort, and a ton of money. And we were just underfunded at that time. You know, for us, we thought it was amazing. We had this investor, they invest a hundred thousand dollars in the business. Uh, we got it off the ground. Things were going great. But finally, after six or seven months, when we knew that there wasn't enough marketing and too much education needed, that we just had to shut it down. So we learned a lot about, A, how hard it was to build these very robust data-driven aggregation businesses, uh, and then how hard it was to educate the community afterwards. So that was a, that was a, a, a pretty significant fail where we put uh, other people's money and our, our, our own money into it. What we learned from it was to go out there and find the things that people need and want, not just what we think they might need and want because we had a specific need. So go out, do that, get that information, get that feedback, get that validation, build an MVP. Everyone talks about super important. Even if it's you, you know, they say, I want to go to, um, a Jay-Z concert in Toronto and they just put that into a search box and nothing happens in the background, but you have you and your team going out and searching for that information, emailing it to them later and giving it to them. You at least will have validated that it worked and they bought a ticket later versus having to build the technology first. So big failure, but something that we definitely can, I definitely learned a lot from, but day to day, I think more important is the, the things that happen on a daily basis. How do you adjust yourself when learning from your team members and the people around you. Yeah, did, that didn't go well. Why didn't it go well? We're down this month. Why are we down this month? And really dig into each and every aspect of it. And then always come away with, what is the lesson that I have learned from this? And how can I avoid it from happening again? Well, those are pretty standard words. People forget about it a lot and just go, oh, that was terrible. I had the worst day. Tomorrow will be a better day. Tomorrow's only a better day if you spend the time to learn from your previous mistakes. Hope that answers that question. Yeah, that, that it really did. And, and I really appreciate it because I think what people do is they spend time trying to blame, to lay blame instead of just trying to understand what happened and work together to put process in place to make sure that thing doesn't happen again. I mean, that, on the day to day sort of thing. Well, yeah, I think what people don't get, like, as the CEO of the company or a partner in a company, you have people who work with you. And I think that's an important distinction that people are working with you and they want to be there because they believe in what you're doing. They're not working for you. I think it's a major shift that we have in this market. Uh, The fact is, as the leaders at the company, all of them, 
the person to blame is me at the top. If that's me in that organization organization or anyone else who has, is there, don't blame it on your team. You either didn't give them the right resources to do the job they had right. to do. You didn't explain it well enough to them in the first place to get the results that you're looking for, or you hired the wrong person to be in that job. You had the wrong horses in the race. So the fact is, Always, I'm the first, and this is a, this is hasn't always been this way. Please understand that it's a, a mentality shift that I've had over the last three to five years. Is it's always my fault. How can I fix that by providing what I need to my team? And when you can do that, and you can say sorry, and you can say thank you for all those things, and recognize the people, you really get much more out of them. But it all comes down, I really believe, to the hiring process. So if that's something that's hard for you or anyone out there, um, I say you as the general. Um, and it's super hard for me. I think that's one of the hardest parts in any business is hiring the right people. Yeah. Find the people who can help you to do that, honestly. Um, and you know what I found out? Just another little tidbit for people who are, you know, if you're a startup founder or you're specifically a Slack user, which is for anyone across the board. But there is an integration to a company called Bonusly, and Bonusly is a great company. That's bonus.ly, and uh, it's great. What we can do, what we now have the ability to do, is everybody on the team can give micro bonuses to everybody else for whatever they've done. So it doesn't always have to come from top down. I've learned that that's not always wow. the best to hand out a bonus at the end of the year or a couple times a year in a closed room where nobody knows. But now we can actually budget dollars on a monthly basis that I'm allowing my team to decide who can have those bonuses and how they want to give them out. And it really changes the culture and how they think about things. Uh, so I really advise people to take a look at that. Micro bonuses served by yourself and the entire team is really a key aspect. That's awesome. I'd never heard of that. That is such a great idea. Wow. I love that. Okay. Now, this may sound like a strange question, but of course I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there ever such a thing as a, like a failure that you can't come back from? Well, I'm going to be super cliche here again. And I think that uh, it's not how you get knocked down. It's how you get back up. So I think there's always, uh, always a way to get back up. Is it hard sometimes? Does it feel like it's a huge hill to get over? I believe so, but it comes down to your internal need and want to get to what you have in your heart of what it is that you're looking to get towards. And I know that's a very blanket statement, but um, there certainly are blows that are devastating to people out there. I wouldn't say it's always easy to pick yourself back up and there's things, a lot of things are out of your control, but you know, the, we hear these great stories of people who've been living on the streets who just worked hard to come out and they're now the you know, CEO of publicly traded companies. So anything is possible as long as you want it and you're willing to go out and do the work and put what's needed to make that happen. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I really do. And I, and I know it is cliche, but it really is true that it's not what happens to you that matters. It's what you do about what happens to you that matters, right? Because that's the only thing you can really control. I, I, yeah. And people are like, oh, that's so cliche when I say it. Like, these are things I, I, I actually believe. I'm not saying them to have this conversation. These are things I believe in. But the fact is, it's cliche for a reason. It is the reality. You know? yeah. The fact is, yeah. it's pick yourself back up. Like, was it, if, if you haven't ended up in the hospital, hopefully, you know, and you still can use the brain that you have and that you've developed, 
you can make anything you want happen. Look at people who, uh, and this is a terrible example, but who are, you know, quadriplegics who figure out the way to walk again. That's because they yeah. had the will and the want. So anything is possible. You know, I actually, I do a lot of business obviously with Facebook and that's part of what we do at Needles. So I was at their offices and they had this great poster and I'm sure they have it lost of places, but theirs is just beautiful. And it has, it's the word impossible on it. Impossible with the IM crossed out. And it says nothing's impossible underneath it. I really believe in that. I put it up in my own office. Nothing is yeah. impossible. If you want to do it, there's a will, there's a way. And that's always been my mantra. How do we figure out what other people haven't? And if we can't, either we're a little too early and we better figure out that way to do it ourselves either way. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Okay, now I have a flip side question, which is, do you think someone can be successful without ever experiencing failure? Well, like there's failure at like so many different levels. So success, when you hear this, you know, name, put anyone's name into the sentence that they've done this amazing or they had this awesome exit. Okay. You hear about those great stories. If you dig in though, you'll know there's so many of the ups and downs that happen. So I don't, I honestly don't think that someone can have had success without some level of failure that's happened to help them grow and understand because usually the failure is what pushes that future growth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. I think. Do, do you really think, oh, you said that back to you. Do you think it's possible that someone's gone through and never had any failure? I don't because I think it's part of how you learn about what works and what doesn't work. I, and, and I think it's, it's how we look at it. Like I don't look at it as failure. I look at it as learning about how something doesn't work. So you just don't do it again that way. Absolutely. So, and that's yeah. like my style of learning. You know, other people's styles, like I'll read in a book and I get it. other ones a visual yeah. learner or I'll go read or I'll go to classes. I'm just a guy that, trial by error. Let's just go give it a try. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works out really well. Sometimes it doesn't. And one of the things that you talked about before about, you know, when, when you were talking about your big, um, experience that, yep. that didn't go so well that, um, you don't necessarily have to throw everything into an idea. You can start maybe I'll say like manually, uh, but it made me think of lean startup where you start, you get out there, you see what people need and want. You can adjust it along the way, but that way you don't make major investments in an idea until you've tested the marketplace. That's absolutely the case. You have to see if there's people want it, they're going to use it. And more than that, are they going to pay for it? So you'll hear a lot of founders talking about that, where we built the shell of it so you can see what it might look and feel like, but not the guts of it. We went out and asked people, are they willing to try it? And after we asked them if they're willing to try it, we asked, are they willing to pay for it now? And we'll deliver it them six months from now. And if the answer was yes, across the board in enough numbers, that's when they decide to put that investment into and move forward with it. So uh, I, we believe in that. Um, it's certainly an approach that we take, um, we took at the beginning to uh, from needles and we take every time we have a new feature or a new service that we want to put out. How do we do it manually first and then automate? Because we're all about the automation. The reality is we're the world's largest digital agency, first robo agency in the world based on customer count or as we call them users. Um, and we do all of that with 
three account managers, three salespeople, and two support people, when someone of our size would have three to 400 staff because we've automated it all. But it took time for us to get there. But now uh, yeah. we can do that and do it in a very efficient way, automated. Yeah, and, and I think part of the lesson here is that you have to be willing to be patient, that you, you have to go through the, you know, the, everything has a process to it and you have to be willing to go through it and really pay attention to what you're learning. I'm, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm going to take I I do agree, but sometimes you have to be running, you have to be walking while like you're running at the same time because things move so quickly. So a little bit of both. Um, but uh, yeah, you definitely have to go and put the legwork in. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, quick sponsor break, and then um, we'll resume the conversation on the other side. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Transform Your Company by Alex Vorobiev and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today, we're speaking with Justin Hertzman about how failure fuels success. So, Justin, if we've got people listening and they're um, maybe feeling a little, I don't know, insecure or less than confident, and maybe they've had a couple of failures or they're afraid of failing, um, what advice would you give them around developing their confidence? I think a lot of that comes from building your network and knowing that it's okay to be vulnerable. Again, something I've learned over the last little while, um, opening up the more truthful you are about things and the more you're open about having those true uh, conversations, the more value you'll get from the people that you're talking to around you. And often they'll be able to help you figure out that next move what happens next. So based on me saying that, if anyone has some questions and you know, I don't know you, and I'm not going to judge you. I say this all the time, please feel to reach out to me directly. I'm going to give you my personal email address, uh, which is J H at needles.com. That's J H at needles N E E D L S.com. You have a question, you have a concern, you're afraid you don't want to ask your partner because it's awkward. Uh, reach out to me, happy to give you any direction that I can, or I have a wide network, I'm happy to send you off to someone who might be able to answer that question better for you. But the idea is pull your socks up, uh, stand straight, you know, go and someone talks about the super person, Superman or super person pose, go into your room and do that and uh, put your head up and go out and just give it a try. That's all I can say, just keep trying. That's great, and thank you for, for offering to uh, the listeners to be able to reach out to you. Um, so 
And I agree with you. I mean, I, I think your network is really important, and I think resources. And I'm wondering if you can share some of your favorite resources, things that you rely on when you're tackling things that seem like they're impossible. Well, as mentioned, like I just have a great network of people, whether they're mentors to me, whether they're advisors at my companies. Um, you know, I, my, I, thankfully, my wife will, can listen to me and, and give me the advice that she has. I have two great co-founders who we've known each other since we're six years old. So we know each other uh, left, right, and center. We balance each other out. When something's going on, we can always go to that other person. But honestly, people just listen to podcasts like this or to other startup podcasts out there. Um, you'll have heard from the most successful people and what they've done and all the, you know, I don't know if I, the, the crap that they've gone through, um, but you'll learn from that. So uh, there's definitely a lot of great podcasts to learn from out there. I find that's the best way. Instead of, uh, you know, listening to what they actually have to say, how they solved it and how they move forward makes me feel better. And I get that, you know, you said in your introduction, um, take that nugget away. I might listen to an hour podcast and take 30 second nugget away, but that may have changed my conversion rate by 2%, which is the difference between making money or not making money. Or it could have been, um, you know, a marketing method that now drives sales that we never had previously. So just always be uh, a, a, a learner in every way that you can um, and take it in. Don't think that you know stuff because you don't know anything until you've tried it and done it uh, and you're always learning. Yeah, and, and it's not I, – I, what I always tell people is, as the leader, it isn't your job to know everything. It's, it's your job to pull in – the resources, whether they're people who work with you or, you know, people on podcasts or books or stuff, whatever it is, to pull in the resources to make sure that your organization has the information that it needs. You don't have to have all the answers, but you do have to make sure that you find the resources that can help you get the answers. That's, ab that's absolutely the case. And like, again, surround yourself with smarter people hire yeah. smarter than you you know that's yeah. not doesn't mean that you know like don't look at that as a, a negative towards yourself that's like a really big super you know a, a super skill that you can have for yourself is to surround yourself with the best people yep yep exactly that's really great talk to me some about mentorship um and and where how you see you know the value of it and and how it interacts with Failure. I know it's sort of a weird question, but. Um, well, I think mentorship's really hard. And I've found, I've struggled forever to find someone that I can truly say, they're my mentor, they're my go-to on everything, rain or shine. They understand me better than anyone else. Besides my wife, that's really, that doesn't exist out there. And I crave that. So I often out there networking, finding people that I really mesh with, and I have a great group of these people, but not the individual one. So I, I do think that people need to go out there and find that North star for themselves. The person that no matter what they say to them or they hear back from them is non judged. I think that's a super key thing. 
I've found it in the past very useful to go to business coaches who are impartial and they just want to hear what you have to say. You know, they're someone who's, you know, on the side of business coach and psychologist per se, where they have some of those skills to go through is really great. But where I find that I get a lot out of, to be honest with you, is being a mentor to young startup founders out there, being able to give back my you know, my experience to help them move forward. And I often start learning a heck of a lot from them and opening up my own things to them and them giving uh, me their fresh perspective on it. So I think it goes both ways for sure. But again, just, it's about that talking. It's about that networking. It's about finding those people to constantly be around. Don't put yourself on an Island. You're not the only one in this doing it this way. And it doesn't have to be like, let's say you're in a software as a service business go talk to someone who runs a local store. You don't have to find another software producer, just someone who has that experience and a thought process that you can mesh with. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think that's great. Cause I, I do think a lot of people expect that they need to be talking with someone who is in their industry because they think that's the only way they can get someone who understands what they're going through. But you know, business is business. And so it's not so much the thing that you sell as the experiences of being a startup, a founder, a business owner. And, and let's be, let's be honest. Like maybe sometimes those offline methods that this person has can be translated to online. Something you hadn't been thinking of previously. It just, mm-hmm. just because we're doing it online doesn't mean the offline versions are completely, you know, outdated. That's definitely not the yeah. case. And specifically as a, you know, internet marketing becomes harder as internet advertising, social advertising becomes more difficult, more expensive. People are reaching back to some of those more traditional ways to capture these markets, like going back to TV, going back to print or to lumpy mail and sending things out to people. So take it all in, think about it, try it out again, do it in a little bit. And if it working, if it works, scale it. Remember everything can be done at the smallest scale, just create it in a way that you can scale it out at a later time. That's great advice. Okay, so so give us a, a quick overview of needles because I, I don't think the listeners really know what that is. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, share with them how they can – you've already shared how they can reach you, but I'd like you to do it again. And then, um, you know, what you've got going on. I understand you have an offer for the listeners. Share that as well. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to. I'm super passionate about this, so I'll keep it as short as possible. Um, probably much like many of the listeners uh, today who are listening, um, I was a small business, and or we were small businesses, and we we're always looking for ways to grow. And the reality is most tools were built um, for what I call the big boys out there, so enterprise level. And I really saw there's a need in this market to help small businesses grow, especially through advertising online, which is a huge market to get to, but it's expensive if you don't know how to do it well. You know, status quo options are do it yourself, which is hard and gets expensive when you don't do it well, or go to a typical digital agency and digital agencies cost anywhere from three to $5,000 startup, 25% of every dollar that you spend. And when you have a small budget and you know most small businesses are starting at the $500 to $1,000 a month in ad spend, they're really not giving you the time of day or the person who can really do a good job for you in the first place when that account manager is fresh out of college and they're just doing what they've been told in general. So we wanted to flip that on its side and say, 
Let's fill this desperate need and let's become the first robo agency. What does that mean? That means uh, we're using artificial intelligence, natural language processing to understand everything about you and do your full advertising campaign on your behalf, fully automated. So in six questions, we know who you are, who you want to sell to and what it is that you want to sell. We create 50 to 500 ads for you in real time and deliver them to the networks. You can see them being built right in front of your face. Then we go out and target your ads. And this is where we stand out completely different than anyone else. How you typically advertise on social media is by interests. But I'll ask you this rhetorical question. If you had a broken toilet right now, um, when's the last time you said, uh, you went on Facebook and said, I like a plumber or shared an article about plumbing? <laughs> probably, probably the answer is never uh, or probably right. never so if it's based on interest and that's how they track interest amongst other ways how's that the ultimate way to advertise so we said let's change that and using artificial intelligence we actually monitor social media conversations to find your perfect customer so the idea is when someone on facebook says my tooth hurts what do i do we understand they need a dentist and we show them an ad for a dentist in their area who can serve them for the greatest chance of clicking and converting. So wow. then we look at that as a whole, not just an individual who may have said it, but a group of individual people who've said it over a period of time, and we can really build the best demographic group around it. So an example of that would be um, last night at 11.47 p.m., a gentleman in downtown Toronto who lives in a condo who's 45 plus years old, who makes less than $100,000 of household income, and has no children, said, my toilet's broken, there's water everywhere. What do I do? Well, we send you a, a plumber ad and you click on it, they come and fix it. But when we look at data from 30, 60, 90, 120 days, it typically looks like a female between eight and nine in the morning and three and four in the afternoon with two children with a hundred plus thousand dollar household income in a home who's typically asking. So now that we know that, we can send our ads to the group who most often is looking for those people instead of sending it just broadly to everyone who might have an interest in plumbing. And the last piece to all of this is uh, we optimize those ads 24 hours a day, seven days a week through automation. So we don't have to worry about people sleeping, eating, going on holiday. It gets done for you. So we produce the best ads possible on your behalf. All this for $100 a month as our platform fee plus whatever you want to put in the budget for your actual advertising. So we think it's pretty amazing. We're growing quickly okay. because of it. We're serving this totally desperate market who wants to get out there and grow their businesses. Uh, and what we love about it most is we're helping build, you know, the middle of the economy, hire more jobs, spend more money. And that's what makes the economy grow uh, throughout North America and even through Europe and onwards. So we're really excited by what we're doing. I know that was long-winded, but I think everyone will understand needles now. Uh, anyone who is interested, again, you can reach me at jh at needles.com, N-E-E-D-L-S.com. But anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you want to go to needles.com slash A-Y-B-G for Accelerate Your Business Growth, that's needles.com slash A-Y-B-G, you'll go and I'm offering today 35% uh, off that $100 a month platform fee for an entire year, but there's no contracts, no commitments, come and go as you please. As long as you're with us, you get 35% off that fee. Uh, happy to provide it for everyone. Wow, that is so great. For, I mean, it's a great thing you're doing and, it's, and that offer is so wonderful for the listeners. I, I truly appreciate it. And thanks for joining me. Um, I think it, it, 
helps put the whole subject of failure in a totally different light and really empowers the people who are listening to not get hung up in, in areas that they um, that aren't going to serve them. So I, I really, really appreciate the time that you've spent with us. Um, and I want to thank the listeners and our sponsor. Remember um, to get your free trial and free audiobook from audible.com. You actually want to go to audibletrial.com slash business growth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.